And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Too late for me to unmute myself or too early in the morning, regardless of what you say, Joe. But uh, our live reaction, Michigan versus Washington in the national championship game. Man, what a playoff day it was today. I, I'm still just in complete shock, and that's why I'm shaking my head. Not, I, 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 I can't even fully register what just happened at the end of that Washington-Texas game. I could not think of a more fitting way for Washington's season to continue, though, Blake, than for them to pull what they just pulled with all the constant miscues, the, the oh. stupid decisions, the bad plays, to them getting all the way down uh, within within the 15, one second given to them for a final play, only for Texas to mess it up and for Washington to win the game. That was an unbelievable football game. Both what games was, were. What was the worst miscue of the night? Reese uh, Davis, Davis and the naysayers. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let me finish this. Reese Davis and the naysayers. Jalen Milrow and Tommy Reese's play call to end at overtime. Uh, uh, Texas's inability to score here at the end. Or ESPN allowing the nip the nip slip live I know that was coming television. What 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 four do you think was the worst most egregious way to end to, to end something here? Uh Tommy Reese's play call still still tops tops that I, list. I, I gotta be honest with you, man. I think that's on Milro. We're gonna talk about the college yeah. playoff reaction. Milro's gotta follow the guard. Now you could say the play call was ass. I, I went back and watched it. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with it. He probably should have thrown the screen, okay? He's also got to follow his fucking guard. Like, I mean, I, I get it. I'm with you. Yeah. It's not a great play call. But Jalen Milrow was hot garbage today. Uh, right. And I wanna, I'm want to. i really excited to break down what happened in that game because I, I don't think I could have more accurately assessed that situation. We'll get to that in, in a bit. But I just think that with what you just said, him not playing well, having issues with the center quarterback exchange the whole game that led to so many issues, why would you call such a complicated play for a guy who doesn't always make the right decision? It's a he is a it is a toss up if he makes the right decision. Why would you put that all on his shoulders when you could have just called a simple read option play, simplified it and getting the ball out of his hands or kept it in his hands? to make it just so much easier. It was only fourth and two. We're not talking about fourth and seven. That's supposed to be an easy, easy game. Not, not whatever happened for Alabama. Though. I, I know we're going to end up diving in on that, but I, I'm, I'm still just dumbfounded by that. Well, look, Alabama and Michigan both in their game missed on massive opportunities. The first half, Michigan really got after Jalen Milrow, got five sacks. Only got one in the second half, one that was massive. Mm. You turned over to West, uh, Washington and Texas. Joe, I, 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 you know, we talked about this this past week. It was the worst matchup of all playoff teams that, that Texas could have faced. Like, the absolute worst because – and look, Texas fan ridiculed me for a month, for a month on how bad their secondary was. Well, yeah. Michael Penix Jr., just smacked on that ass for four straight quarters, and you had you couldn't do anything about it. I have not seen a better quarterback performance. Actually, I can't say that Joe Burrow's performance in in the college yeah, against football. Oklahoma. That yeah, you can't. But that was one of the best performances I've ever seen in the playoff. That was unbelievable. His completion percentage was through the roof. 
I want to dive in on this when we talk about this game. That was a horrible, horrible preparation and just in-game play calling by Sark. I, I actually on both sides, offensively and defensively, they played scared. It felt like mm-hmm. they, they were not playing to win. They were not being aggressive like we talked about. And I think that that game could have been so much more different had they had sent more pressure at Penix and had they taken more shots down the field. But they didn't. Well, I only got one thing to say to Texas fans. We're back. That's all I got to say. Oh, I did did miss a miscue. Um, Somebody's got to get to J.J. McCarthy and tell him not to say things on live television. I've been thinking about all week putting things in my mouth. And then he put the nose in his mouth. So we got a lot to discuss. Let's do this. Let's dive into Alabama and Michigan. We'll talk Texas and Washington uh, following that. A a whole slate of playoff games that we need to talk about. Before we do that, we're not going to do our Joe. I I, will just, I'm going to do a live read right here from Bethlehem. But before we do that, everybody do us a favor hit the like and share. If you're on Facebook, like, share, share to all those groups, share to all your social media pages. If you're listening to us, watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. Be one of the first subscribers to Rafino and Joe in 2024. You're watching us on Twitter. You're listening to us on the podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. Hit the retweet. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. This post-game show, I don't know, Joe, if we've ever done a post-game show, but this post no. show is always brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's Believe 50, B-L-E-A-V, 5-0. You'll get 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Joe, let's waste no time on this. Let's talk about a good the game, the Rose Bowl. So, Rose Bowl kicked off today, Alabama and Michigan. And I got to be real with you. One of the better playoff games that I remember us seeing, um, dude, the granddaddy of them all. Watching watching Michigan in those awesome uniforms, watching Alabama, it was one of the better college football games I'd seen in a while. One thing that wasn't good, though, Alabama could not stop Michigan's front, not even the D-line. They were sending, you know, twist, guys from the outside, linebackers, delayed blitzes. Did not matter. They got after Jalen Milrow all in the first half. Alabama comes storming back, but got to give J.J. McCarthy a lot of credit. The grit and the toughness that he showed throughout the game, getting them back. Blake Corum, how do you do, good sir? Uh, He gets the score there at the end. Michigan winds up beating Alabama 27-20, to and obviously we'll talk about the bad call there at the end or what we think about it, but what did you think of this game and breaking it down? The single most important thing in this game, Blake, that I said a month ago and then leading into the week is that Alabama has not faced a team that has linebackers as athletic as Michigan's that are supported by as deep of a defensive line as they had. And Barrett and Colson, they sent them relentlessly after Jalen Milrow. They Mm -hmm. sent so much pressure, and then when they didn't, they did a phenomenal job of rallying and attacking him and preventing him from picking up large gains. He had a couple long rushes, and that was about it. But the speed that they had at the linebacker position is ultimately what won them the football game. Because at the end of the day, because he couldn't do his normal deal where he 
you know, he steps up in the pocket and he picks up those long runs. It led to him hanging on to the ball too long. It led to those five or six sacks that happened in this game. And his issues, not being able to get the ball out as a passer, cost them offensively. They ran the ball fine, but Michigan had a, a fantastic, fantastic game plan that helped win them this uh, this football game. Well, look, so here are the big things for me. I think Alabama missed on way too many Michigan mistakes. Way too many yes. Michigan mistakes, yes. okay? So many times they had really good field position and either the snaps, okay? Like, remember, they had two bad snaps. They were trying to march down the field. I mean, and their offense had something going. They had two bad snaps. They just could not – they can't – it's crazy for me to say this, and maybe Lady Luck was playing on the side of Bama this year, but they always seem to overcome those mistakes. Well, when you face good teams and you make boneheaded mistakes, it's very difficult for you to overcome. But, Joe, I, I, I'm going to say one thing to you, though. I agree with what you're saying in the front seven of Michigan, okay? But what did we talk about during the entire game? We're tweeting during the game, Alabama is having so much success attacking the edge on mm. Michigan. That's where a lot of their success in the running game came from. Look, I look at a team who ran for 172 yards against what some people believe the best front seven or one of the better front sevens in Michigan in college football. They ran on them at will at times. It was the inability, and look, if you even take the sack yardage away from Milrow, he might have had over 100 yards rushing. I thought he did some really good things in the running game. They just could not get out of their own way. They could not prevent from shooting themselves in their own foot, and then it wound up biting them there at the end on a boneheaded decision by Jalen Milrow that cost them the game to tie it. Now, I will say this. Jim Harbaugh in Michigan has taken a, has taken on a lot of heat over the last month about, well, you know, can they win the big one? Can they win a playoff game? And there were times where things weren't going their way either, but I never felt like they flinched, ever. I feel like they always had an answer to combat. Like, the moment was not big enough for them. And – you saw the release that they had. Look at the celebration they had when they wound up winning the game. Yeah. But I, I got to say this, though. I, I see a lot of people getting on Tommy Reese where I don't disagree because I'm sure we're going to talk about this call at the end in overtime. Jalen Milrow's got to follow his guard into the end zone. Or he's got to throw the screen. Joe, he's got man-to-man -man coverage on the outside. They send the running back in motion. He's got to throw the screen. He's got numbers. He's going to score if you throw the screen. Now, can he actually throw it uh, a good enough pass to get it there? I don't know. But I don't know how bad of an execution-wise it could have – I mean, I don't know how bad of a play call it was, but it was very bad from an execution standpoint that it makes it look that worse. Uh, you know, you got a lot of people who are the film. He's got to follow the guard. Like, I, I'm with you. I get the play call. That's not all on Tommy Reese. And here's another thing. Bama fans, I'm not going to let him skate on this one. Nick Saban approves that approves that call. If Nick Saban does not yes. know that Milrow is going to run the football in that situation, 
then that is on Nick Saban. He approves that play call too. So it's not all on Tommy Rees either. First, really quick, uh, not really a tangent, but I just have to add this in here. If Seth McLaughlin can't snap the fucking ball, why isn't he playing guard? Like I mean, I mean, I mean, dead serious. I'm being a little bit hyperbolic because I know I it's not that simple. But though. he he has had so many issues, so yeah. many issues in important games throughout the year. He did it against Auburn. He did it in the SEC championship game, but we, it didn't really matter because it, they won that game and they won handedly. Why did it get to this point? And I know he's an upperclassman. I know he's a senior. But why did it get to this point where in the most important game of the year, he's still making those goddamn mistakes? If a kid can't snap, he's not going to figure it out. And you as a center could probably attest, if the guy doesn't have the touch to do it, he's not going to figure it out. I've watched guys mess up at snapping and not mm -hmm. be able to figure out how to do it. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Well, as someone who played center for a long time in their life, I don't really blame him on the second one. If the ball's at your knees, you got to catch it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, like I, I get it's not a great snap. If the ball is in between your chest and your shoulder blade, or knees and shoulder blades, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. It, but it still messes up the timing of the play. And I don't give two Rudy for, Poos. But you're for not Milru, asking, I know, I, you're I, not okay. asking me about the play. What you're asking me about is the snap. Yes. Okay. Yes. But, okay. So catch the ball. I get that. It still messes up the timing of the play. And Jalen Milrow is somebody who does not always consistently make the right decision. So he is now reacting to the football, making the decision of, okay, I need to catch this football. And then before he can actually assess the situation in front of him, things are already happening. And that to me is what happened on that final play that led to the miscue. But snap was a little bit out of place. He's going to catch snap because the whole game he's thinking, I need to catch this snap. And it's out of place. He's distracted. And the minute that he sees that up front was blown up, he didn't even look at where his guard was, and he just ran right up the middle. I, I think that it all attributed to that. And that's why I think the play call was bad. Why are you adding so many moving pieces when you had so much trouble with the center quarterback exchange? It should have been something way simpler than what they called. Well, so let's talk about this because there are some key plays that I want to run through very quickly. So okay. we talked about the first half, okay, in the first quarter. Um Jim Harbaugh goes for it, okay, on a crucial fourth down late in the game. They actually ran that play earlier to the opposite side. That yep. was the Blake Corum first Blake Corum's first touchdown uh, that they get out in the flat for the score. But, see, here's the thing, though, Joe. Bama had a three and out after that. They hold Michigan to a three and out. They come back. Milrow gets sacked twice. So, what the game plan that they had in the first half – they just got bamboozled. Yes, I'm going to use that word. Bamboozled, okay, in the first half from an offensive line standpoint. And again, it would be one thing for me if it was just the D-line. The game plan that they had, the twist, the stunts, everything they had completely bamboozled that offensive line. But see, here's another one for me. The double pass, okay, mm -hmm. from Michigan, all right? Like, they, Alabama got lucky, but then gets the ball back in the first half, going in before halftime. Milrow takes a sack. I know the field goal's good there at the end, but you're driving and you take such a bad sack that it just sets you so far behind the change that you can't overcome. But here's the thing, here's the thing for me. When Alabama took the lead, okay, late in that game, I was like, 
I texted you this. I'm pretty. I was like, man, Bama's got them right where they want them. It's exactly the typical Nick Saban type of game. They're down. They start come. You know, depth plays a, a, a issue into this, and they come storming back. I got to give JJ McCarthy serious credit. I have been we we not yes me, yes we've both we been very negative about have him. been very negative on him, and I just got to I, I got to admit going down the stretch here. Okay, and looking what he did, all right, the, he gets a tipped pass, okay? So he has an incompletion, a tip pass. It's third, it's third and 10. They get an eight-yard run, and then on fourth and two, he hits Corum in the flat. Game completely changed after that. The momentum was completely on Michigan's side. Then he gets a big run, okay, along the sidelines, which should have been a flag. Remember when – Tyrion Arnold knocked him out of bounds, and it was clearly a late hit. He should have been another 15-yard penalty. But then Wilson gets back-to-back catches and gets in for the score. J.J. McCarthy down the stretch is what separated them. The quarterback – so what are – what me and you talked about last week on what would win this game, what quarterback has the better fourth quarter will win the game is basically how we talked about it and what we said. And I thought – because of how J.J. McCarthy had looked over the last six weeks, maybe it was Jalen Milrow because Jalen Milrow had had a better six weeks. It was J.J. McCarthy and his experience on what to do on, again, critical downs like fourth and two that separated him. Shout mm. out to J.J. McCarthy. He had a big night. Well, first of all, he looks like he's healthy now. Uh, whatever ailment he was dealing with did not seem like he was impeded at all. I I, I know it sounds like I'm trying to crack a joke, but like in all seriousness, I, I think he's fine now. It seems like he was he was fine in this game. I, the thing that I heard, I felt like the whole month, and I even said this a little bit, but I wasn't fully bought in on the statement was that JJ McCarthy had to you know play the best game of his career. He had to play out of his mind. We needed to see a Michael Penix type performance from him if they wanted to win this game. And I, I didn't really think that that was totally true in this week leading up to the game. All they needed from him was to make the throws on third down that they needed him to connect on and to not turn the ball over. And he didn't mm -hmm. do that. He did not have any critical, horrible mistakes that we've seen him do because Alabama is a team that is very, um, you know, they take advantage of opposing teams' mistakes and they're able to force those turnovers like we saw in multiple games this year, that didn't happen. If Michigan wants to win a national championship, that's all they really need from J.J. McCarthy. They need to keep running the football the way that they did, and J.J. just needs to stay on schedule. He needs to not try to do too much, and he did that this game. That's why he deserves so much credit for the way that he played, because he didn't try to go over the top and take over the game and do all this extra shit. He just did his job. He connected on those throws. And he let the running backs do their thing, let the tight ends do their thing, and the whole offense played great cohesively. I'm gonna bring up one point though about Michigan. You better be you're you might not get bailed out in a, in, a, in six days or whenever it is. You're not gonna get bailed out when you play Washington with all those special teams mistakes that you did. Fielding the punt, having a muff punt that goes down at the one, the bad snaps. Okay, from your position. Okay, yes. Talk about a center exchange. You're you're talking about the kid from Alabama. What can you snap the ball? Well, long snapper. That, long, okay, long snapper only has one goal. He really yeah. doesn't even have to block anybody. 
He just gets to stay. No, they run a they run a spread scheme. He's not well, he's not standing there. He's running, you know, he's running down to cover on pun and he's he he's, ain't doing that on you're field getting, you're, goals. You're getting he's getting big. He's you, you still have to, you know, get your head up and Joe, he's take a up white space. kid who's a hundred or is two hundred and twenty pounds. Hey, I've if you don't get big, that kick, kick that kick gets blocked. Bullshit. He that fat ass, all he does is eat brown sugar pop tarts, okay, which by the way is the best pop tart out there. All I'm saying is, okay, we talk so glowingly about Michigan. If you continue to have those special teams issues, you can't have those special teams issues against Washington and continue to give them opportunities. You can you can have mistakes against a Bama team who offensively can be inept at times. What you're not going to be able to do is have those – and we'll talk about Washington in a minute. You yeah. can't have those issues against Washington because what's so crazy, we're going to have a Pac-12 national champion if you had those issues against him. Well, I, I'm smirking while you're saying I'm that because – what your, be, Shut your no, whore mouth. No, no, no. I'm, I know I'm, why I'm, you're smirking. No, 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 no. I'm smirking because you're right, but at the same time, Washington also made the same stupid, dumbass mistakes that, that Michigan did. So it's like – if I, they yeah. have special teams issues, Washington also clearly doesn't have their special teams Here's completely the problem, in order. though, with Washington, the difference between Washington and Michigan. Yes, I know what you're saying. Uh, okay. The the big, the massive difference is if you give, if you, it's different giving Michael Penix Jr. an extra possession. It's something yeah. completely different giving Michigan an extra possession. Good, dude. I don't think that Michigan, when it's, it's all said and done, I don't think offensively they're great. I think they they do some no. good things. Okay, they got to get back to running the football a little bit more. I mean, they physically at the end there was pushing Alabama around because they got worn out. You cannot give Michael Penix extra opportunities, or he's going to beat you. I, I mean, well, it's it's as Stone Cold would say, it's the bottom yeah. line because Stone Cold said so. Texas literally just did that. We'll yes. talk about yes. that in a minute. You cannot do that. In line with that thought, and I wrote this down, we're going to end up previewing the national championship, obviously, tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm a little concerned about Michigan's playmaker situation. Like, if Texas couldn't keep up with Washington, and I know that that Michigan defensive line, it's very different. They've got a much much better pass rush than what Texas was able to bring to the table. Their their defensive line was mostly run-stopping. That was what they're best at, not getting after the quarterback. They didn't do a very good job of that. But what I'm getting at here is that outside of Roman Wilson and like Loveland, do they have enough guys to, to move the ball down the field if they go down by 10 points? Texas was able to do that. I don't think Michigan can. I'm pretty worried about, about what's going to happen for Michigan in this in this game. Well, one thing is for sure. There were many opportunities late. Okay, let me bring this up too. Okay. Late in the game, Alabama got a field goal that made it 20 to 13. They were up 70 to 13 at the time. Mich uh, Michigan had just missed a field goal. Alabama goes down and gets their own field goal. But here's where I think that they went they went wrong. And why Alabama, it's so wild to me. Okay, they're moving down the field late. All right. After Michigan just missed the field goal, McClellan gets multiple carries over 20 yards, so two carries for over 20 yards to start off the drive. Okay, Milrow completes a pass to Jermaine Burton. All right, whatever. It's second, it's second and eight. 
You get another little run. You get another first down. Jalen Milrow gets another pass to Burton. So they're moving the ball, okay? But the penalties, the darn penalties for literally Alabama and Texas, Alabama winds up getting a procedural penalty, gets them behind the sticks. Jalen Milrow takes a sec. They got to kick a field goal. Joe, both Texas and Alabama, the penalties that they had late, okay, and got flagged for, ultimately killed them. If if Alabama continues to run the ball and move the ball the way that they're doing it down the stretch, they're beating Michigan because mm-hmm. Michigan could not get an answer. All the momentum started shifting and bad, crucial moments. Here's the game for Alabama. Do I think Alabama should have won that football game, to be honest with you? Yeah, I do. Because there were multiple times that they could have overtaken. They could have won. They could have gotten ahead. They could have separated. But penalties and stupid mistakes by their quarterback ultimately lost them the game. That's it. It's not as if Michigan outclassed them. No, they didn't. If, if, if Michigan ran away with something. I do think that Michigan got a little lucky on some things. So did Bama. Okay, so did Bama. But you cannot, you cannot tell me that penalties did not play a part in this game down the stretch for Alabama. You can't. They did, and I understand what you're what you're getting at here, but we still have to acknowledge you can't make those mistakes. Them making those mistakes like you're talking about here, that to me, just overall, the penalties, the the you know, the the, the sacks that they took. Right. Everything that all the issues, that was one of the sloppiest games that Alabama played this year, and it felt reminiscent of the Alabama team last year that we criticized a ton for how how sloppy they were doing all the same shit, all the same issues. The mistakes that they made and how sloppy they played cost them that football game. At the end of the day, that's what makes one team better than the other. One that doesn't make mistakes and one that does. One that has much better composure in important situations and can do the simple little details right and one that can't. And I think that Alabama got this far and was able to get into the playoff because they have young talent. But I feel like they're, they're just not away. they're just not oh you don't hold on a second. Wait, so wait, when you do you think that Jalen Milrow isn't can't be the quarterback then? Is that is that what you're saying or am, am I misreading that? No, they're a quarterback away from being where Saban wants them to be ultimately and getting back to his old old school style of doing things. So would you want somebody who's not Jalen Milrow? Personally, yes. I mean, right now, I mean, he he doesn't it, – it, it's tough because he's a young quarterback that doesn't have, a, you know, tons of experience, right? On the other hand, like, so for example – do you, would you give up on J.J. McCarthy after what he did last year with Michigan? No, which is why I wouldn't really give up on Milro, but on him, I, I would still bring competition into the room. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to. But Julian Sain's coming in. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens there. Look, let, let's talk about this this final play for a minute, okay, because yes. I don't think we've dived yeah. into it too much. Yeah. It's crazy to me that Jermaine Burton, okay, goes down with a cramp or torn muscle, whatever happened to Jermaine Burton. Then you get a Michigan timeout. You got an Alabama timeout. You had so much time to get the right play call in. There are three things that stick out to me at the end in overtime with that play. Speaking on Jalen Milrow, number one, I ultimately thought when the running back went in motion, dictating based off of what the defense gave him, 
You have two wide receivers on the outside. You have numbers. It looks like you can get two blocks there. Him not throwing the the screen in the flat, I was thought was a bad decision not to do it. I, I feel like he has that opportunity because you have both wide receivers blocking on the outside like it's a screen. But, Joe, you have in the run up the middle, you have a backside guard that pulled and has already sealed an edge. And also Jay- vacated space. He also va- – that that was where that pressure comes from because he leaves that spot. One th- well – Wait, maybe I misremember. Well, but if a guard's pulling, that means that there's no, going to be – No, but he's running straight where if he takes the outer angle behind the guard, right. he's gonna get that, it's going to miss him. Okay, as the right yeah. tackle – you're supposed to catch yes. okay, on that pull block. He I, I, he did he get run over? Okay, cute. But he he's running right up the middle where the play where the dude's getting run, the right tackle's being run over. If he follows the guard and takes a different angle, and he's gonna score. Like he's gonna score a touchdown. Like I, there's nobody else to defend there. He's gonna score. He's got an outside defender crashing down. He's fast enough to hit the hole and score. I don't think it's a horrible play call. You got two options. He could have thrown the screen or followed the guard in. It's not a bad play call. Now, you can say that Tommy Reese had other bad play calls throughout the game. Fine. But here's the opposite part of that. He also has a quarterback that shook. Like, he's got to be limited in what he's doing and what he's calling, too. Bro, yes. they're running single outside, inside zone. Like, I, I don't – if you're a Bama fan and you're blaming Tommy Reese, you're an idiot. Like, I, I'm, and I have no, no like, fight in this with Tom, the whole Tommy Reese. Well, he's about to be LSU's offensive coordinator. No, he's not. No, he's not. Oh, well, last time I said that, let me just – you may be a little careful there blake (laughs) at the current moment i have no i have no skin in the game okay we have somebody that's on our on our show on our in our network coach Uh brown the crazy man from netflix he literally broke the play down if he follows the guard he scores i I, th- this is not one of those instances where I like completely disagree with you. I don't think that it's a bad play call after you sit and watch it because one thing, one of the things that I tweeted was you're having all the success getting to the edge. Why wasn't the play call to the edge? I thought I, it was just a straight draw the way that it looked, but, but you can see been that, that the edge to the point. It yes. should have been to the edge. What I'm getting at here in theory, in a vacuum, that decision is fine. It works. It was what was working. You stick with it. It creates multiple options for a a quarterback, and you only need two yards. But we have to factor in all the other variables into this, Blake. The issues with the exchange, the issues with your interior interior offensive line that was getting blown up a lot during this game, and your quarterback, who had not been playing his best and had made a, a number of questionable decisions and was getting hit very often throughout this game, he we watched Milrow make the wrong decision. And not only did he, it's not even like he made the wrong read. He panicked and he ran up the middle and he got blasted he and the game was over. Yeah, he, he panicked. panicked. You put him, and it's the offensive coordinator's job to set up a player to succeed in, in, in any instance. 
And I felt like because of all that going on, that is not the best way to set him up to succeed. It's just not. It needed to be so much more simple than that. They only needed two yards. They didn't need five. I I think if you need five yards, I'm fine with that play call. It's a little, it's risky because you need a lot of yardage, but you have to take that risk. But when you only need two yards, why are you overcomplicating it so much when you've got these behemoth tackles and you're adding all these moving pieces? Well, let me say this. They in the red zone that ultimately got them the score for them to win the game. They ran that exact same play on the op in the opposite direction, and Milro literally almost scored. He should have scored, Joe. I, I mean, you can. I know he should have. Okay, you <laughs> can say whatever you want. But he shit his pants. Putting, well, I'm not going to put all of the game on Jalen Milro because no, no, it's know, not fair to do to him. It's not fair to do to him. Here's here's another truth. All right, here's the here's the big truth for me. Alabama in the fourth quarter, you're up seven. All right, make a stop. Right, like you can put all of this on Jalen Milrow all you want to. You also can make a stop there at the end to ice the game and go to go and play for the national title. Mm-hmm. They're gonna put it on on Jalen Milrow, and that's fine. You could have also made two stops. You gave up 14 points in the last two Michigan possessions. Playing the defense. Oh, well, the defense is tired. Okay, cool. Michigan's defense stood up. You had more time of possession. Joe, here's the crazy part. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Alabama had the ball for 32 minutes. Michigan had it for 27. What are you going to tell me your defense is tired for? They weren't on the field more than Michigan's defense. Well, I, that's part of what I think is very surprising because we had talked about it, and one of the things that I said is that I was – confident in Michigan's offensive line but I I would I don't think anyone that's not a Michigan fan wouldn't have come into this game saying no one would in their right mind would have said that Michigan's offensive line was going to bully Alabama's defensive line what one would have expected that Alabama would have had a couple big plays a couple big sacks a couple big tackles for loss but it felt like that didn't happen at all if they did make plays it was for short gains that was about it That was, I think, a really important factor that needs to be brought up here is that Alabama's offensive line, despite the issues that they've had, played their asses off. They they carried that game for them to to score when they needed to. Yeah, I I can't I can't disagree with I can't disagree with you there. Look, I'm just surprised that Harbaugh and the boys got over the hump. Good for them. One last ride with Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I know Dude. Michigan fans are going to hate that. But look, man, they played a good game. Okay. Their defense is something serious. All right. Now let's see what happens when they play a really, a really good offense. Okay. And, and because here's the truth the team we're about to talk about next and with the game they just won, this mm-hmm. is the best offense that they've played all year. So, oh, it's not even close, not even remotely close. And you're in an overtime battle with an Alabama team who's really good. <laughs> Bottom line is, I, I think that, you know, Alabama made too many mistakes. I, I, dude, let me ask you this question. Hold on. Before we move on, let me ask you this question. Do you think Michigan won that game, or do you think Bama gave it away? No, Michigan, Michigan won that game. I, I, I can't sit here and – I can't play that game because Michigan – the only way I could concede if Alabama lost that game, if they made a lot of mistakes, 
and Michigan lucked their way there and they didn't make their own plays. They put together some really good drives. And most importantly, those sacks that they got on, on Milrow in the first half set up the mistakes that happened in the second half that got them the mm-hmm. ball when they needed it. So, I no, I think that Michigan won that game. I got to give them a ton of credit for the way that they played. I agree. I agree. I, I saw a lot of people saying that Michigan didn't win it and Alabama, you know, fumbled the bag. Well, that's going to be the shit that everyone's going to say, that you know, the sign yeah. stealing and the, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, let's not act like they didn't steal signs now. Well, they did. They didn't okay. steal in this game. <laughs> you saw the uh, Michigan got beat by McNeese, by McNeese State the other day in basketball, and they had a picture of the AI Connor Stallions in the stands. <laughs> something like steal that. Very big troll. Uh, so, look, we got a national title game, so let's talk about the other one. You want to um, – how about this? Since your Washington Huskies won, even though you picked Texas too – all right, and you make no, no, it- no. What? Whoa, 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 whoa! I picked Washington. What are you doing? No, you didn't. I went back and you- watched our video today. You picked. You picked Texas. What are you talking about? No, th- no, 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 no. I picked Washington. Don't no, do that to me. You misspoke, but you picked. You said no. Nope. I'm going to take Texas in this game. That's what you nope. said. No, I literally said to you. I, we're, we're not going to do this right now. I picked Washington. I picked Washington the whole goddamn year as a, as my team that I thought was going to make it. And here we are. They made it to the national championship. You did. I'll give you your props on that. All right. You want to, so let's do this. Let's talk. Yeah. You want to talk a little Washington and Texas. Yeah. Washington, Texas, sugar bowl down to the wire, man. What a game. What a game. I, I did think there when Washington was up two scores that the game was over there in the second half. But the first half, both teams scored 21 points. You go in there tied at halftime. Both teams trading punches in the first half. Joe, the the biggest point in this game was that fumble. Washington goes down and scores. Texas gets the ball back. They fumble. Washington gets it. They kick the field goal. Dude, that was the turning point. We, we, We just got done talking about Alabama and Michigan and one little mistake hurting you very badly. Well, that was the one that Texas could not overcome. I do got to say this, and I'm going to say it because I know Washington fans want me to say it. I'm here for it now. I was wrong. All right? I was wrong. Okay? You're a good football team. I don't think you should have won the Joe Moore Award. I digress, you, but you're really – Every time you say something nice about them, you take a shot and then you move on. <laughs> That's not a shot. That's not a shot. A little bit. They're a really freaking good football team. Now, Joe, one thing that is for sure, okay, of all the things and all the, the stuff that we talked about during the college football season, even more than Washington fans, even more than me saying I did not believe in them, I took more heat from Texas fans over the last month saying that their secondary was completely was complete ass water, all right, and that they could not stop the three-headed monster at out wide with McMillan, with Polk, and Adunze. Well, okay, I was wrong on Washington. Was not wrong on this Texan secondary. They are not good. It bit them in the ass. What did you see throughout this game? Well, I also just to add to that, even if Texas's secondary was just slightly better, it wouldn't have mattered. I think that there's maybe two secondaries in college football that could realistically keep up with that receiver group, and it would probably be 
Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. That, that those are the only two that I could realistically come up with. Maybe Michigan's going to put up a good fight, but their corners are not at the level of of Georgia and Alabama. But to this point here, I feel really like a broken record. It's really redundant everything that I've said on a weekly basis with Washington and why I've always said this whole season why I believe they're the most dangerous team in college football. The minute that you turn the ball over or you make a mistake or you go three and out and you allow them, they don't march down the field. They blow their way down the field. They fly down the field. They they can move the ball and get these completely demoralizing, back-breaking, long receptions that sets up touchdowns. As soon as they go up two scores, it takes the air out of you, and you're chasing them. You're trying to play their style of football. That's what happened in this game. And if it wasn't for the boneheaded, stupid shit that happened at the end of it, they would have won the game pretty handedly. The game would have been done. It would have been over. There were was a lot of insane stuff that will never, ever happen in a football game, the series of things that just happened for Washington again. But the way that they played was how they're going to play against Michigan, and it's why I'm picking them to win the national championship. They just are too fast to keep up with, and Texas couldn't do it. Well, let's see what happens with Johnson. They're running back. He kind of came out, out at the at the end of the game there. Yeah, it's brutal. Really interested to see what happens with him going up against a really tough and physical Michigan team. But look, Penix, Michael Penix Jr., what did I tell you all offseason? Now, just because I thought that Washington was a team, I, I thought Washington defensively was bad. I never thought offensively that they were bad. And that's the biggest that, – if there's one thing that hurts my heart about any takes that I've had this year is people think that I thought that Michael Penix sucked. I never once had an inkling. I, I said that he's had underperformances, like, again, throughout the season, season, Stanford, Arizona, whatever. He's had games where he's not been fully there. Tonight was not one of those nights. Throws for 430 yards. Just die, just absolutely ripping Texas's secondary alive. So many good plays by the wide receiver core. I think Dylan Johnson, and, and look, something that we talked about, that running game did not get going well. Dylan Johnson had 21 carries, 49 yards. They could not run the ball that effectively. It was actually Penix with those little quarterback runs up the middle. I think he had three carries, 30 yards. Those were big-time runs throughout the game. But it was it was Jalen Polk who had 122 receiving yards. It was Adunze with 125. Jalen McMillan who had 58 but had to score there late. That's what separated uh, Washington to win this game. But Joe, I, I gotta say this: Texas got away from running the football way too early. After yes. that fumble happened, it seemed like they did not want to run the football. Let me just read something off to you. C.J. Baxter, nine carries, 64 yards. Jaden Blue, nine carries, 59 yards. Quinn Ewers, eight rushes, 54 yards. Joe, they ran the ball for 180 yards on 29 carries. They were running it down Washington's throat. They got away from it. They got too cute. Sark out. How do I want to say? How do I say this, Joe? He got outsmarted. He outsmarted himself. Joe, they're running the ball down their damn throat. Why he is not continuously running the ball when he's having massive amounts of success. Dude, we got Quinn Ewers, okay, throwing the ball 43 times. Joe, he missed wide-ass open dudes all night 
And they long. kept getting tipped. They kept getting, kept tipped. getting tipped. Yeah, the first drive, the first drive that they had, he had three uh three yeah. tip passes. Yeah. You're not having that much success. Even at the end of the game, you run a fade route in the back of the end zone to Donnie Mitchell. He has no idea where it is. They run that will route to Worthy earlier in the game. He's just running. Joe, he catches it. He's gone. They're going to score. Why they got away from running the football is, bro, I I'm just going to tell you, it's mind-boggling to me. I'm literally through the whole game. I'm saying to myself, run the ball. They're not stopping. Run the ball. And they just got away from it way too early. But that offense from Washington is no joke. It's going to be good to see and fun to watch yep. them against a Michigan team. Uh, Sark outsmarted himself uh, way too much tonight. Well, the worst games that he has, he has a tendency to do that for whatever reason. He's a no brilliant doubt. coach, but he just does this thing where he overcomplicates everything, and it leads to it leads to issues. And he, again, he I wouldn't go to uh, go out and say that DeBoer outcoached him. He outcoached himself, kind of like you're saying, but. It's insane to me that after watching what happened to Oregon and everybody with two eyeballs huh. acknowledging and saying that Oregon is very similar to Texas, that after all of that, that you wouldn't try and do all the things that Oregon failed to succeed at. And what I'm talking about is that they You're did dead on here. Continue they, on. They tried to do this this stupid dink and dunk passing Swings. attack it felt like why why that's the crazier part when you hear 40 passing attempts you think oh they were throwing the ball all over the yard maybe that's what that was but the reality of it they they, they were getting too cute and simple with Way it they were not, not coaching to win it was coaching not to lose why they didn't send more constant pressure at michael Penix, like we talked about to get in his face to lead to him throwing throwing picks or, or maybe a fumble. He was unscathed the whole freaking night. And then on top of that, we saw in the end of this game where they almost came back, they started taking shots. They started taking shots down the field and along the sideline, and they were freaking connecting on them. Right. Why did it take you until nine minutes left in the game for you to do that? It is unbelievably stupid that they did that after everything that we saw with Oregon. And again, it just kind of goes in line, though, with what I was saying earlier that you end up making stupid mistakes and trying to play catch up against Washington because they're that good offensively. One thing that I thought Texas would do that Washington wound up doing was time of possession. I did not. I, I, I honestly felt that Washington would go out there throwing haymakers. I did not think that they would just constantly let Dylan Johnson run. Run okay. We're getting three yards, three yards, three. It doesn't matter. We're we're going to continue to run the football all night long. Won't it doesn't affect us, Joe? The time of possession kicked Texas's ass, and late in that game, it wind up showing there defensively. I thought that they were tired along their front seven. I thought Washington just kept hitting them with body blow, body blow, body blow. A lot of third downs that I thought that it was a crucial part in the game. That man, Washington came up with. They went three for eleven, but those three were on critical downs and in critical times. The whole first half, nobody—if you remember—nobody converted a third down in the first half. It no. was Quinn Ewers' scramble was the first third down conversion of the game. 
but they kept holding on to the ball. They ran the clock down. I, I, I don't understand the game plan, and I think you're dead on accurate. When you try to get in a shootout with a team like Washington, that's not your game. Now, we'll talk about the national championship game. I don't <laughs> – I'm not picking against Washington. I'm not doing that tonight. But what I would say, Michigan won't do that. They will not play your game. They will play their game, and they will right. run the football. They will continue to do what they do. But it, 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 they're such a gr such a really good coach football team is Washington. And they did everything they needed to do. They are the most high-flying offense this year, not named LSU. Now, you're going to say I'm biased. Okay, whatever. But they're right there with one another. I mean, he threw for 430 yards. I, I mean, outside of Penix not being able to really tuck it and run like Jaden mm. did all year long, yeah. dude, you cannot stop them. But let me just – let me bring this up because we talked about, all right, both teams going into halftime tied, okay? Washington gets the ball first. They score the touchdown. They Texas has the fumble. Washington gets the field goal. Stop right there. Texas has four plays in a punt. Washington gets the ball back. Here's the here's what really killed Texas. Washington got a field goal, but they had a 12-play, 58-yard drive that ate up six minutes of the clock. Texas is down 34-21. Joe, they have another fumble and they have another turnover. That that that's it. That that was the ball game. There's yeah. no, there's no other, and I understand that Sark probably at those moments felt pressured and like, hey, we got to get the ball. We got to throw it. And I don't disagree with him. You would wind up coming back down and scoring on a 10-play drive. You get 72 yards. But, man, it just – those turnovers in the second half, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a backbreaker, and it's ultimately the game. I thought in the first half that these both of these teams were evenly matched. Washington made the adjustment adjustments. They got the turnovers. It ultimately was what it was. I actually disagree with that. I, I even though the game was tied, I could, I, I really could tell that Washington was, especially because I knew that they were getting that opening kick. That they were gonna, that was when they cook. You know, that's when they pull away. That when they can open the second half with the football, and then they can really start to apply pressure. I want to add this too. It's a little bit of a shot, but the. The general public's lack of understanding and, and lack of football IQ, I think, showed up with talking about this game and talking about Texas because all I heard about all year long was Texas's defensive line. And I, I felt like what we learned in this game is that they just got a bunch of big bodies and they don't have any pass rushers. You know, they don't have anybody that can get after the quarterback. And well, they didn't all, send enough pressure either, though. Like they, they didn't. did, and that was the that was the problem is that they couldn't get home with with by just sending four, and then they would have to send pressure, and they didn't even try to send pressure. The thing that bugs the hell out of me is I got all these stupid Texas I don't fans think being they like, sacked, "I don't think Michael Penix got sacked all night long." I don't think he did. They they sent four man pressure, and that was all they did. All I heard though, what my final point here is, all I heard all year was Devondre Sweat so freaking good. They couldn't even have him on the field half the time because they, they knew that they were throwing the ball and that he can't get any bit of a pass rush. He's not a pass rusher. He can't get to the quarterback. He's a defensive lineman that's a, a <laughs> nose guard one technique that just eats space. That's all he is. He's not a first-round pick. He's got a low stamina, and he couldn't keep up with being on the field. I, I could have like, told – Never mind. What? I'm no, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? Sounds like me in the bedroom. 
Oh, Jesus. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Low stamina. Okay. Only has one, only has one technique. Okay. <laughs> that's how I know we're coming up on 50 minutes. Uh, I mean, look, Jesus you said Christ. you that one. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bad man with two kids. Uh, uh, low stamina, fat, low stamina guy with one technique. I mean, that that's that that's just the truth. Um uh, those two turnovers broke the back. But you know what's also interesting? First time since 2014. 10 years. 10 years. Crazy how those things work. We don't have an SEC team in the in a national championship game. That was my first thought after Alabama lost. Yeah. And te- you can't even claim Texas. Oh, I wouldn't claim Texas. I'm so glad Texas lost. <laughs> I picked him to win, but I don't, I don't. I don't like Texas. All right, Wicked Bronco Productions with two Super Chats here, Joe says. Thank you. Chichigan just got an easy got, got the easiest path to a natty appearance ever. Imagine bragging about beating the worst Nick Saban college football team ever. Washington's going to score all over Michigan's team. Notre Dame will catch these cheaters in 2024 college football playoff. I like the random Notre Dame uh, bit thrown in there. <laughs> and he also says with a $10 super chat that these refs wanted Michigan and Texas in the natty so bad, even if Michigan wins the natty, it will be vacated anyways. Why do we stop the clock for the defense injuring a player? Well, you got to stop the clock when a player's injured. UW 2023 national champs. Your thoughts on what he said with those two super chats? Um, I disagree on the officiating thing because there were – there were plenty of calls in the second half. I think that went against Michigan that were, I mean, the, the perfect example is the Terry and Arnold tackle to not get any extra yards on that. That I, I just think it was a poorly officiated game in general um, on both sides. I, I mean, even Joe, to be real with you, even the Bama, the running into the kicker. Like, I, I mean, that's yeah. a first down. All right. Like, I, I get the Michigan fans being mad. Uh, that's actually a- wait, 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 wait. Can I? Can I? I'm going to say something that's going to be obnoxious. Oh God! Look, I've been around enough punters in my life. Those those fuckers are the biggest floppers that I know. Okay, did that he, was a flop. But it, it should did that guy a- happen to be within a foot of him and he fell over? And it, no, he no, they replayed it. He got hit. He bumped into him, but it's it, he flew as he bumped into him. That was the one of the worst okay. flops that I've ever seen. I okay, I, well, I know these guys. I know how they act. Land though, you can't. You got to allow him to land after he kicks. You got to allow him to land. Now, Bama's punter carried them throughout the night. By the way, yeah, he 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 was. I mean, the field position shit was why they the were game in the game. Came down to what it did. Right. Yeah. Both games really. Both games, really. I, I mean, special teams was huge. A lot of long snapper shenanigans. You know, it's games. it's so wild because we talked about both of these games for a month, and not once did we talk about special teams. Maybe we should start doing that more. It's not like we we don't. Have I'm not a talking special about teams guy. <laughs> I might say it in a two a two sentence span. Uh, I'm not spending my whole time talking about special. Teams. If Michigan lost, I'm telling you right now, we would have spent 20 minutes analyzing. Oh, I'm sure the, we would have the the snap miscue because that th- sure that literally that literally they would have it, it wouldn't have had to go to overtime. I forget what exactly off the top of my head what the what the timing cadence of the scoring, but had they connected on that field goal and that extra point, they would have had the lead and it would have been a completely different game in the fourth it quarter. Would've. Completely different game. All right. Well, tomorrow or Wednesday, whenever we go live again, yep, 
We will be pregaming a national title going into next week. But I tell you what, it's almost 1 a.m. Uh, yeah, get some sleep. Time. I'm going to bed. It was a. I, I will. I will say this in ending. I thought it was a great day of college football. Hell yeah, great day of college football. Garrett Nussmeyer, stand up. I thought it was Mike Dembrock out there calling plays. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Garrett oh, Nussmeyer? I, was, I, I, I got zoned out for a second. What do you think? We're not talking about LSU. <laughs> no, we're talking about Notre Dame. I, I, uh, wait. Which, what? by the way, by the way, let's start off a new year with a, on a good foot. Notre okay. Dame fans, it's 1 a.m. in the morning. Get Brian Kelly's cock out of your mouth, okay? Better hope Brian Kelly doesn't go to Michigan. <laughs> You're such an asshole. New Year's, same Joe DeLeon. Well, I mean, we both know that's not happening. We both know that's not happening. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. All right. We will see you soon. We'll be breaking down the national championship with a great day of playoff. Joe, great way to kick off the new year. We'll see you guys again soon. Y'all all have a good night. Peace.